Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we discuss entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt, Matt. Matt, what should people do? Not say entertainment. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice. <laughs> like, subscribe, and start a fight in the comments. Look, Look man, I got it close the second try, and... <laughs> We're just rolling with it. Um... If you want to really start some controversy in the comments, what you should do is do a perfectly literal transliteration of what Preston just said for the intro sequence, because, boy, I think it's going to be a mess. I feel like that was about 18,000 words too many for what you were trying to say. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, stir up some controversy. If we say something today that you disagree with or find disagreeable or controversial... Make a comment on it in the comments in whatever medium you're you're mediuming on, I guess. That's a verb, right? It, it is, is now. It is now. <laughs> Plexicon. Uh, yep. Uh let's see. So yeah, do that. Um Yeah. Is there anything else I'm supposed to say right now? I'm kind I don't of think so. Matt, what's been up to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh mostly just watching Thanksgiving movies. Because we recorded late on Saturday, and it's now late on Tuesday, and it has not been much time between then and now. There is not. And I did not have much time to do some prep, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually watch a few movies and, you know, try to do my job. Yeah. <laughs> Look so at you! I watched six Thanksgiving movies in the past three days. That is many, yeah. many movies. Yes. So are you going to tell me about them, or are we going to wait till we actually do the episode? Um, I will list them very briefly. Uh, there are Thanksgiving movies? The whole point of this episode is why there are no Thanksgiving movies. We'll get into it. Okay. Uh, I watched Pieces of April, Cretia, The Ice Storm, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Free Birds, and Hannah and Her Sisters. Have you heard of any of those? I've heard of Hannah and Her Sisters. Really? Because I tried to look up Thanksgiving movies at one point. Okay. <laughs> That's the only reason. Very good. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I watched all six of those. Um, I finished the first chunk of V for Vendetta. It's divided into, I think they call it books. Okay. Um, but the first section. One of the section, 14 basically. different ways to name a chapter. Yeah, well, there are chapters too. Oh. It's also, they're like, they're not split up. It kind of just randomly drops the little title plate. Chapter 11, just in the middle of a page. Oh. And you can kind of see where the seams are between each one, but it's it's not like a nice, clean, okay, this issue has ended, this next issue has begun kind of deal. Yeah, so it kind of just keeps running. Yeah. Which is cool and good. Um, it's, a, it's pretty compelling so far. Um, I mean, I've read it before and I've seen the movie before. Um, and so far everything is pretty similar to stuff in the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, it's basically just fleshed out a little bit more. There's more, more dialogue and more wordsiness, which they can get away with. So let me ask you this. I have heard, I have not read the book. I, so I think in past episodes I've said I've read the book. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've actually read the book. Pretty sure you haven't. Um, I've heard that. V is intended to seem ambiguously multiplitous. That's Multi- a word now. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to vaguely seem like V isn't one person, that it's multiple people. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the movie didn't capture because you had Hugo Weaving's voice right. for the whole time. Yeah, no, the... But V always talks in we's. Like we's and us's. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and the the end of the book 
makes it explicitly clear that multiple people can hold the mantle. Right. Um, thus far, a lot of this first chunk is about trying to figure out what the backstory of, um, I guess, V Prime is, mm-hmm. the original V, uh, figure out what his deal is and where he comes from. And so we get just a little bit, just enough to kind of get a sense of where he comes from, mm-hmm. why is he doing his thing. We don't know really know what he looks like. We don't know his name or anything, yeah. but just enough backstory to get some sense of a motivation mm-hmm. um, and a just an underlying explanation of the character. Who directed the movie? Uh, was it the Wachowskis? I want to say it was the Wachowskis. Look it up real quick. I'm going to look it up real quick. Because I know it wasn't have, Zack Snyder. It was definitely not Zack Snyder. It's a good thing I have IMDb pulled up already. It was written by the Wachowskis. It okay. was directed by a guy named James McTeague. McTeague? McTeague. Not, not McG. McTeague. McTeague. Um, he was... Skipped McH through McR. That was his... Oh, S. Uh, yeah, that was, that was his first directorial effort, but he was credited as an assistant director on all of the Matrix movies, Speed Racer, also Star Wars 2 Attack of the Clones, so there's that. Bummer. <laughs> and Dark... What a stain on his record, huh? And Dark City. Very interesting. Dark City's the movie The Matrix ripped off. Oh. Yeah. Oof. We just outed you, Mr. McTeague. McTeague. Nah, he's Mr. McTeague now. Keep going. What else have you done? Uh, I have have continued to be up to reading Authority. I haven't finished it yet. I intend to over my little mini vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably start book three. Mm -hmm. It's still quite good. Things Mm -hmm. are kind of starting to fall apart around the main character, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of fun to watch his slow descent into madness. I don't know why I'm just going, "Mm -hmm," like, way more than usual. (laughs) Mm Yep. Uh... That's mostly, I watched a couple episodes of Grey's Anatomy over Hannah's shoulder, and boy, when that show, when that show wants to get ridiculous, it gets ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just tell you the plot of the episode I just watched real quick. So, uh, everyone's kind of bored. Not much is happening. One of the main character doctors, who's kind of like a higher up doctor, is about to have a baby. So there's some drama right there already. Okay. Guy comes in with a bad chest wound, and there's an intern played by Christina Ricci. Um, who is, she's a paramedic intern, um, and she put her hand inside the wound to stop the bleeding. What? Like, okay, okay. Uh, is it like she put it on, like, medically, like, kind of did a actual medical thing that I'm definitely not doing with my hands right now because I have right. no medical training? Or did she just straight up stick her hand <laughs> in the wound and, like, grab the veins to stop them from bleeding? Because that's what I'm picturing right now. Closer to that second one. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, wait, it gets worse, though. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, guy's wife comes in. She's screaming in hysterics. They calm her down and figure out what happened. Discover that the guy got shot in the chest by a homemade bazooka. The shell has not exploded yet. <laughs> if only you could see my face right now. I... <laughs> that is the face of I've given up. It gets better. Oh. So they call in the bomb squad, of course, and they're, they have to. Oh, I thought you said they the call wind. him the bomb squad. And I'm like, <laughs> what professionals are these? <laughs> no, they, they call in the bomb squad, of course, um, and they decide that this is a big danger and evacuate the entire wing, except the doctor lady that was having the baby. Her husband was in such a rush to get to the hospital. He got in a horrible car accident and is like going to die unless they operate him on it immediately. And the operating room is right next to where the bomb is. 
it gets better. <laughs> Wait, better or worse? <laughs> worse, better. Wetter. Oh, no, I didn't like that. Burst? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a little better, but not. <laughs> still not among the threshold of satisfactory not, of the word. Not great. Uh, <laughs> um, so the, the doctor who's operating on Dr. Lady's husband refuses to leave. He's going to do the surgery. Um, paramedic intern eventually freaks out and leaves, um, which means that, according to the show's logic, the bomb is probably going to go off inside the guy's chest and blow up the entire room unless someone else gets their hand in there. So, of course, the main character, the, the titular Grey of Grey's Anatomy. Oh, that's Mer- an actual person. Yeah, Meredith Grey. I thought it was just the overall vibe of the show was just Grey. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to be the one to stick her hand in. Uh, now, she'd woken up that morning with premonitions she was going to die that day. So... Just heightening the tension a little bit. <laughs> so now she's Scrubs got her hand in the is body. is a better medical show than this. Now she's got her hand inside this guy's chest and her like friend, uh, played by Sandra Oh, comes in and is like, okay, I'm going to be here too because I'm a main character and we need some more <laughs> tension in this. Uh, meanwhile, Catherine Heigl has sex with the guy who cheated on her in the closet. Oh, let's just throw that in there. Yeah. Wasn't enough sex in this, in this episode. Right. Um, twice. It's a lot of uh, people being inside other people in that episode. Probably too much. Too much. But wait, it gets better. Oh my god! They discover that the operating room that they're in is right above the main oxygen line for the entire hospital. So if that bomb blows up, it's going to take the entire hospital down with it. Jesus. Did I mention that the bomb squad leader is played by Kyle Chandler? Who's like an actual (laughs) actor? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a lot of people... I feel like Grey's Anatomy is probably one of those shows a lot of actor-actors have tangentially passed through yeah uh jeffrey dean morgan was on an episode briefly <laughs> really <laughs> yeah he flirted with katherine heigl a lot okay i'm fine with that yeah it's true to form i mean i would love to be flirted at by flirted with by jeffrey morgan <laughs> true yes it's better than john ham got on gilmore girls he was he was on for one episode uh for about 45 seconds he met uh gilmore mom they went on a date the date was so bad they didn't even show it on screen they just showed her reaction afterwards oh Poor John Hamm. Who's John Hamm? He wasn't famous yet. Ah. Uh, Rami Malek is in Gilmore Girls for one scene. It's literally his first credited role on IMDb. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. He's a kid in a church group. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, now he's a Bond villain. Yeah. What a... What a... <laughs> go Rami. He made it. <laughs> he did it. Uh, so they decide they have to move the guy. And so they take the gurney and they kind of... They roll it out and they roll it out and they roll it through the hall and they go into the operating room and they remove the bomb and it's great. The guy's going to carry the bomb away and he uh, walks out and Gray kind of walks out to see him walk away because she's in sort of this trance-like state and boom, it blows up and kills the bomb squad guys. (laughs) And she's thrown back and probably should be dead, but turns out she's fine. You're lying. No, legit. No. I thought it was a dream sequence. It actually blows up. It actually blows up. And kills the bomb squad. And kills the bomb squad. Please tell me they had their protective gear on. He's got a like a nice vest. He they die. Horribly. Well, I was gonna say, if they had like the full suit, it would be hilarious because that's supposed to protect you from small blasts. Right. So it would have been horrible writing. It's like, oh yeah, he dies. Even though he's wearing the thing that's supposed to make him not die. 
Well, he's carrying a live explosive. He probably should be wearing the darn thing. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> there's your bad writing. There's a lot of bad writing in that episode. Oh, boy. Is there? What is that? I feel like they had four episodes ready to go. Like, four episodes that they wanted to do something with. Mm-hmm. But they... None of them... There were, there were four half episodes. They come up with, like really contrived scenarios that are kind of hilariously dumb if you take them out of context. But if you go with the conceit of the show, you're kind of in it. You're like, oh, how are they going to get out of this one? Are they going to get out of this one? Like the time that the two interns got stuck in an elevator and the power went out, but they've got a patient who's like dying on a gurney. And so they have to do surgery inside the elevator with Mm. the head surgeon, like shouting instructions down the elevator shaft at them. All right. So that's a, that's a terrible show. Tragedy of a show. Yeah. If, if you're willing to, and I kind of hate to use the phrase, but if you're willing to turn your brain off and let the show do to you what the show wants to do to you, I can see why it's appealing. Is it going to stick your stick its hand in your chest? Yeah. The bomb? Yeah. It's it's very well constructed. Just it's horribly manipulative and terribly written. Again, I'm never going to watch it. Yeah. No, you it would be your <laughs> least favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> With the possible exception of Hellboy 2019. Possibly. Wow, you think it's like down there with Hellboy? It can't be. I don't know. I also have only seen like four episodes out of context. Oh, and then there's I forgot. So the the like oh no. <laughs> so for one thing, I forgot about uh, Doctor Lady's pregnancy plot. She decides that she is she discovers that her husband is in the hospital, and she's like, nope, I'm not going to have the baby today. And then then that's going to put the baby's life at jeopardy. So they have to talk her down while she's kind of going nuts. Um, also the entire thing begins with, uh, there's this one male intern who lives with two female interns. Um, they're just kind of roommates in this house. Um, and he fantasizes about the two of them. And then this third one, um, getting all hot and steamy in the shower and he comes in. That's kind of how the episode opens is his fantasy. And then it closes with, uh, the two female interns that are not gray scrubbing down gray. Cause she's kind of shell shocked because the bomb squad guys blew up in front of her and got blood all over her. And somehow didn't hurt her in the process. What else have you been up to? Take me away from this episode. That's about it. Ah, damn it. <laughs> Preston, what you been up to? Not much. What have I been up to? Uh, I watched more um, New Girl. Mm-hmm. I am beginning to see the semblances of broader story arc and character arc. Okay. Um, just kind of like you're learning a bit more about the characters and kind of their, where they come from and why they are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happening. It's still a funny show. Mm-hmm. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out today. Oh, which is the, that explains why I've been seeing like, more ads than usual. Yeah. Uh, put, I believe that is the, Oh God, depends on what you count as an installment (laughs) (laughs) of the main series. That is the, uh, ninth shit. One, two brotherhood revelations, three black flag, unity syndicate, syndicate origins, odyssey set 11th as the 11th installment installment. That's not including all of the platformer games and Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed Rogue and Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry and like all the tangential games. Right. The 11th, install, 11th installment. It is follows Avor, who is a Viking in eight 
hundreds or six hundreds. I don't remember. I think it was eight sixty four or six eighty four. Probably eight sixty four. From Probably what I know about Vikings. Um. So you're following him, and it's the first. I don't know how to describe it. So slamming through the entire thing, uh, entire franchise. You're an assassin in the order until the fourth one where you're a guy that comes across an assassin and eventually becomes an assassin. Mm -hmm. Then five and six, you are just an established member of the order. Mm -hmm. Then um, seven, you are the people that started the the precursor order. Mm -hmm. Then in eight, you are... No, that wouldn't be five, six, seven, eight. I guess it would be the ninth. Oh, because spinoffs sorry the ninth installment uh or the uh, in in origins you are the precursors to uh the order and then in odyssey it just sends you way back to ancient greece and it just really doesn't have anything to do with the order the assassin order in general mm-hmm. it has more to do with kind of this the lore stuff that exists in the world it teaches you a lot more about this other thing that's been kind of the the magic explanation for random shit um and this one it's back to your it, it's similar to episode episode to black flag where you're this person that comes across the order and you will probably eventually become a member of it mm-hmm. um but it's interesting because you think assassins are the people they work in the dark to serve the light they're people that are hidden among us who kill bad people like tyranny and stuff mm-hmm. like that um doesn't sound like a viking does it not so much no which i think is nice going scandinavian there for a second um it, it's really interesting because you you come across the assassins really early on and they gift you their hidden blade which is like it goes under your it's on your wrist right it's the cool little wrist blade that blade that's probably horribly impractical and just results in you slashing your palms in real life um so you're more right than you th- than you would think the sign of the assassins is without the ring finger because the blade cuts off their ring finger huh like so it, they make comments about it in the in the first game it exists uh, or like he doesn't have the ring finger um but in the second third fourth game like you get the hidden blade and they modify it they like move it out a little bit <laughs> Um, but that happened in the Renaissance. These people have existed since ancient Egypt and it took the Renaissance in Italy to fix it. Thanks Da Vinci. Still feels like if you did it and your hand was at the wrong angle, you just like stab straight through your palm. They never explain. I don't think in the game, but they probably do at some point how it works. People have created it. Mm -hmm. Um, it only comes out if you pump your wrist out or you're like, you, Ah. you, yeah, you do the little, you flick your hand. Still, it feels like if the mechanism gets stuck and you like move your hand back or something, you're just gonna, it'll go back with you. Like that's, well, what if the mechanism gets stuck and it gets stuck out and then you got to scratch your nose or something and cut your face off. These are people that get shot at regularly. I think cutting their hand is the least of their worries. (laughs) Okay. But also like die of a horrible infection because it's 1500s. But also the original thing was that like they would straight up have their fist closed and Mm -hmm. the blade would go through their ring finger. It was like, like where their ring finger was. Um, But in, in, in origins is when they showed why that happened is because he like attacked somebody, but he accidentally like did it through his hand and that's when it cut off the ring finger. Mm. Um, 
and Odyssey had nothing to do with the Hidden Blade, so mm-hmm. it didn't matter. Um, but in this one, it was funny because uh, they gifted Avor. I play as a female; you can play as a male. Mm-hmm. Um, they gifted Avor the Hidden Blade, which is supposed to go on the on your wrist, but she like under your wrist, and she puts it on top. Uh-huh. And they're like, "It's supposed to be discreet. You're supposed to put it under your wrist." And she's like. How's that working out for y'all? <laughs> Basically, she doesn't say that because she's sounds like a Viking thing to say. How was that working out for y'all? Uh, but she's like, clearly that doesn't work, and and they kind of just like glance at their hand. Um, but she, Avor takes a much. I, I'm not very far into the game, um, because it literally came out today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm enjoying it so far. There's a lot of bugs. Uh, I clipped into a wall and died, which Good. was great. I was trying to crawl around and then. I got stuck in the camera panned and I found out that I was inside the wall and I tried to move and then I started falling, quote unquote, mm-hmm. until I died. And so... Oh, yeah. No, that happens in real life. That yeah. happened to me last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's got some bugs, but so far it seems pretty good. Uh, the skill system is kind of bullshit. You were explaining that earlier. To Carter, yeah. I don't know exactly what all those words meant. But uh, you can get abilities that help you do things better. Like, like, in, like in real life. Yeah. Like I can learn Excel. Yeah. There you go. You learn Excel, except in order to learn Excel, you need to learn how to walk better first and how to breathe better first. I could probably stand to do both those things. Like to get to the ability to learn Excel, you have to go through the nodes of breathe 13% better, walk 15% better, like before you can actually get to Excel. So like, it doesn't I'm breathing 13% already better and Excel. What? Yes. Good words. Yeah. You're talking, you're yeah. talking not as good. Tuesday night. Up. It's after 10 o'clock and I have watched six movies in three days and not had. Yeah. It's uh, that's what I've been up to. Yeah. Cool. Good. Uh, oh, and I've continued reading Mistborn, which is, uh, I should not have read the appendices explaining the yeah, no, magic never. thing. Don't do that first. Well, it doesn't explain it. It just says like, these are the things that like they explained it all within the first three chapters, Mm -hmm. but like they'd explain it more naturally than you just having to brute force learn it all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the thing. Uh, news news. So now that Johnny Depp has been unceremoniously dumped by Warner brothers, we're looking at replacements. Oh, Oh, no one has been officially hired yet. Dream casting. Who would you want for Gellert Grindelwald? Oh, Grindelwald. I was thinking pirates. Oh, no. Yeah, no. We, no. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't... I hate... I hated the second movie. I have negative investment in this movie. Like, <laughs> honestly... Right. Okay, so go back and imagine... Kevin Spacey. I don't care. <laughs> well. <laughs> go back and imagine that the first two movies were reasonably palatable. Uh, what's Grindelwald like? German. Creepy german and creepy yeah so um i'm drawing a blank on his name the german guy Werner herzog no no <laughs> no um uh alexander skarsgård no he's not he's not german, german. <laughs> also neither is the guy they're talking to but uh what's i think he's actually austrian um it played inspector and also in inglorious bastards Oh, uh, yeah. What's his face? The, uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. That was embarrassing for both of us. It was. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, he was also in that Quibi show that we all watched. Right. Yes. Quibi. Quibi. I forgot that existed. Until this <laughs> I did not. I remember moment. every day when I watch Quibi's and I refer to 10 minutes, 10 minute increments of time as a Quibi. No, I think it's a quib. Is it a quib? Yeah, because Quibi is like a show. It's a series of quibs. And Quibi Eye is the collective Quibi. of Quibi shows. And Quibi R Room is one that belongs to a quib. Exactly. Ah, uh, Latin jokes. Uh, yeah. No, anyway, uh, Fantastic Beasts. Apparently, they're talking to Mads Mikkelsen for... Oh, interesting. Grindelwald, which he would be fantastic if they, like, you know, made good movies. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be Madge Mickelson. Oh, yeah. That's the only one uh, I can come up with. That's, uh, that was bad, Mickelson. That was, yeah. Making me sad, Mickelson. No, it's Sads Mickelson. Sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to have the S. <laughs> Forgot that that was his name. <laughs> uh, how about Nicholas Holt? I just needed a reason to rem- remind people that that joke is over. We've ended it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I think Mickelson would be good for it. I also hope he has enough sense to run very far, far in the opposite, opposite direction. He's also Danish. It's so true. Like, <laughs> but he I can mean, do if the you accent. want to go for like a German actor that's actually wonder, Danish, is Grindelwald actually supposed to be German? Grindelwald, like it's the name's hefty German or Germanic at least. Yeah, so I guess Danish is not too oh. incredibly far off. Yeah, no, he's uh. He's from, he went to Durmstrang, which is in Hungary. Okay. So still German. Wait, no, it's not. In, is it in Hungary? Um, he was born in Hungary or Central or Eastern Europe. So okay, that so narrows German. it down. <laughs> or, well, I guess Denmark's not uncentral Europe. <laughs> yeah. And like, okay, we've got all the Baltics and yeah. Russia and Ukraine and boy. For and someone I mean, who literally has planned out the fact that wizards used to poop on the floor and then vanish it away, like, can't. How do we not know what nail. country he came from? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think that. I, I would be baffled that she came up with that because she can't even remember that McGonagall was born eight years after she was teaching in Hogwarts. Yeah. Never give Griff Grindelwald give her credit for having things tied down. Yeah, no. Apparently, also uh, Grindelwald is a village and municipality in the Interlaken Oberhasli administrative district district in the Canton of Bern in Switzerland. So still German. They don't sp- in the Canton of Bern in Switzerland. Well, yeah, but German in the Canton of Bern in Switzerland. <laughs> It's Swiss, but it's German. Like, that yeah. whole area is just German. Yeah. Do the Swiss speak German? French, mostly. French, mostly, really? I think so. Huh. I have Google. I can look this up. Furman. What language do they speak Swiss or people. gench? Ooh. Speak. That sounded gross. Gench? <laughs> gench. That sounds kind of dirty. Why is my laptop running so slow? Because you, because we're on recording, and it's just like, yeah, I'm going to make... A whole bunch of dead air exactly. for Gage to cut out. Uh, in the meantime, more news. Uh, Zack Snyder apparently has a plan for Justice League 2. Apparently the four national languages of Switzerland are German, French, Italian, and Romanche. But 63% of the population speaks German, Swiss German to be specific. So I was wrong. 
Preston was right. But that's never happened before. Preston has left the set, by the way. That's what that elaborate series of noises was. Um, which means that I think I have all the power here. I can make the choices. So, Zack Snyder is apparently making Justice League 2, or at least planning about it. Um, Darkseid's going to turn up in the Justice League. I, do we call it a mini-series? I can't ask questions. I don't have a co-host. I think we're supposed to call it a mini-series because it's being released in four parts. It's sort of a mini-series on HBO Max. But the uh, the Justice League mini-series, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, as they as they say, uh, is going to introduce Darkseid because we saw him in the, the stupid trailer. Um, Preston has poured himself a stiff drink, but he has returned to the set. Good news, ladies and gentlemen, I can ask questions again. I'd like to point out, for the record, that the original vision for the Justice League was as a two-parter. I don't care about Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) I maintain that I'm kind of excited for this. All right. Let's let's hear it. Hang on. Uh, We don't don't know a whole lot yet, but so the... The original vision was That's really good. <laughs> the original vision was, hey, Steppenwolf shows up in the first one. We get a tease of Dark Side. Dark Side shows up in the second one. Oh, Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except still we're like. Ah, uh, yeah. yes. The original image was the thing that has been done and worked. Great job, Snyder. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, that's that's happening. Uh, Martian Manhunter's going to be in it. Whoa. What? Yeah. The first one. What? Yeah. What? Martian Manhunter is going to be in Zack Snyder's Justice League. What? Yeah. I'm going to say it again. What? Wait, maybe it's not going to be. Maybe was planned to be. There it is. I may have misread that headline. Because there is no way that they would be able to take an entirely new character, put it in the entire movie, and make it work. There has been no establishment for him whatsoever. Oh, yeah, no. uh, He is going to be in there. Unbelievable. Really? Yeah. Was he supposed to be in the original? Yes. Who we he was supposed to be in the they they filmed most of the movie and we never heard that he was supposed to be in it. Yep. Bullshit. There's no way. Who do they have a cast? Yeah, it was the guy who played him in Man of Steel. He's not in Man of Steel. Yeah, he is. He's impersonating a person. No. Yeah. You're f-ing with me right no, now. That's canon. No, it's not. Yeah. It's like some army general dude that's kind of in the background for the whole movie. What? Yeah. I can't tell you how angry I am right now. <laughs> I can tell. You went and poured yourself a stiff drink live on the podcast. <laughs> the... Good luck cobbling whatever you can together with this, Gage. I am... Oh, my vamping was excellent. You're leaving all of that in, Gage. This blows my goddamn mind. It's apparently just going to be in it for one scene. Um, so cameo basically. <sighs> all right. I have two points. Oh, is that all? One, two, ma- two big points with, <laughs> with a whole lot of small points. Um, 
Also, I just want to point out, apologize to James Weichel, because AK told us that he <laughs> he gets bothered when we take a million tangents and just wants us to get to it. But man, this is the one that I got to. All right. First point is something that I already talked about. It's a character. You're ignore who it is. I, I punched my mic twice with that. Ignore who it is. It's a character. Mm hmm. If you have an intent to put the character in, like it's a, it's a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentional placing a character in name mm -hmm. and everything. There needs to be something there character wise. Just like they did with the green lanterns in the actual version of justice league that we got theatrically. We didn't get the green lanterns. It was a, like it was a one little whoop, by like okay. which and it wasn't even a real character like that was not a real existing green lantern fair this is the martian manhunter mm -hmm. but like that's part of my second point the first point is you have this and a character who has a name we don't know who that green lantern's name is mm -hmm. that whole scene was just kind of like look magic and bunch of random shit mm -hmm. but it was i mean it wasn't perfect kind of still struggles with that with this problem but this one has is a named character mm -hmm who needs some sort of explanation and bet you they're just going to exposit it with dialogue. Like just, I bet you it's just a one scene throwaway. The second thing is the people who really like this movie or who went to this movie, hoping it was going to be really good are the people that are fans of the animated show mm. who Martian Manhunter plays a giant part in. Mm -hmm. And in which Martian man, Martian Manhunter plays a giant part. Never in a sentence in a preposition. It's a fake rule. It's a Latin rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's you're doing it an in, an injustice. Mm, hey, by just tossing him in there, lackluster. Like it's the it's gonna be his first time. Okay, it's not gonna be his first time on live screen because there was the god awful one from like the what the fifties. I don't know. It was a bad one. Um, but it's, oh, also in Supergirl, which was terrible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. But it's it's just not doing a character that people like justice. Mm -hmm. Imagine doing Lord of the Rings, but actually having Tom Bombadil, Tom Bombadil in there. Mm -hmm. But he's just kind of in the background. That's kind of what happens oh, really? in the book. I mean, he shows up for one scene and we All never right, really get an explanation of, of what he is. It didn't have Gandalf in it. And then Gandalf was just kind of in the background for one thing. It's a big main character that a lot of people that know this lore love. And mm -hmm. they're, he's just throwing it in the fan service. Zack Snyder and JJ Abrams can suck my fan service dick. <laughs> I think they intend to moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, speaking of fantastic beasts three, uh, they're going to release it, planning to release it uh, July, 2022 <laughs> Good which luck. is one year later than its uh planned release date uh which means it's going to be competing with jordan peele's new movie which I is also that. slated for a july 2022 release date we don't know anything about it yet wonder which one's gonna do better probably fantastic beasts yeah it's got more of a popular appeal us did very well but it made like 250 million dollars at the global box office yeah and also the people that were like all orgasmic about get out were a little let down by us yeah 
And I mean, combined, I think those movies made less than Crimes of Grindelwald by a significant portion. So it's just a smaller market. I wish people were smarter and realized that Crimes of Grindelwald is an objectively bad movie. You said objectively. Oh, I think that things can be objectively bad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think things can be objectively good. I have some objections to that, but we've gotten into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay tuned for episode 300 where we do part two of that debate. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then this is not really news. It's more just it kind of caught my attention. Um, Robert Eggers' new movie, uh, he did The Vich mm-hmm. and uh, The Lighthouse, um, is called The Northman. Um, we don't know a whole lot about it yet, but Anya Taylor-Joy is super excited about it. She's in it. Um, I, I imagine. Right. Uh, <laughs> apparently her and Robert Eggers had been friends, like, even before they worked together. So oh, that's kind of cool. cool. Um, is she in The Vich? Yeah. Oh. She's the main character. Gotcha. She's not The Vich. Or is she? <laughs> but. Apologize for that sound. Gage. To everyone with ears, leave that in. That's all I got. You got any any news for me? Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla came out. Oh, I hadn't heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I think I had a couple things that I saw tangentially. Do we have a frame of reference for if a video game is doing well when it comes out? Uh, sales. Sales. Is it selling uh, well? Uh, video games typically make a bulk of their sales on preset on pre-order, mm. which I slid in there in the last three hours of the pre-order. Nice. Yeah. I literally pre-ordered it last night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> well done. Um, cause it was, there's a, you get a bonus like a, or like uh bonus content if you pre-order and I was like, Ooh, I should get that. Right. Um, no, it's, it's doing well. It's Assassin's Creed. It's one of the best-selling franchises repeatedly mm-hmm. um it's up there with uh grand theft auto fallout elder scrolls um call of duty call of duty i was i <laughs> that was the first one that popped into my mind and then i said other ones and then forgot it <laughs> i think it's just because i want to forget about call of duty because it's just the same game mm-hmm. there was a trailer for a new one cold war one with ronald reagan no oh. They've already done the Cold War. <laughs> yeah. They said, this time everything's going to be different. And I thought, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even play video games and you know that they're yeah. all the same. It's just you shoot people. It's mm-hmm. fun. It's good. Anyway. Yep. I don't think there's very much video game news. Oh, um. Uh, Man, we really don't talk about video game news all that much. It's because I don't care. I care. Well, you can talk about it. I'll just kind of sit back and find something to do. Spider-Man Miles Morales also, I think, came out Mm. and apparently is pretty great. Apparently improves on all the things that are uh, like the few things that are wrong with the original Marvel Spider-Man. Okay. Because that was a just a fantastic movie. And then, so yeah, um, so Marvel wanted to try to capitalize on the the gaming market because Marvel has not been in the gaming market as much as DC. Like DC Mm -hmm. has the injustice games. They have the Arkham games. 
two of the well the arkham games are like some of the most highly rated games mm-hmm. i've talked about it before yes and so they did marvel spider-man mm-hmm. which was an amazing game and then they were like let's do the avengers pretty just mediocre game that came out oh yeah like six months ago no oh it came out a while ago no like we're past people doing youtube videos on no no, no. <laughs> you came out oh you're the one wearing the rainbow socks there buster hey these are great Which, socks They're i was gonna comment i was gonna comment earlier those are very stylish they are very stylish uh they don't fit with my outfit in the slightest but i don't care because i got my nice socks ow <laughs> is that enough tangent for you no none of this is none of this is in the video so i get gate i'm assuming gate is going to cut all this out of probably, the audio. probably. Uh, we should get to the content we probably should you're in the hot seat bud oh yeah that's me <laughs> that's why i'm over here this is the third episode i've had to do that <laughs> <laughs> i'll get used to it at some point yep so preston <gasps> yes sir name me some holidays uh national pancake day international best friend day very good very good mommy's day they've got a professional name for that one i'd prefer you use that on this oh father's day sorry um um international spark plug day it's a holiday for everything dude i need to look i i'm gonna fact check you on that look up actually before you do that because I want to distract you because I'm pretty sure it's not a thing. Uh, <laughs> look up what holiday today is. I'm curious. Yep. Nope. It is not. International Spark Plug Day is not a real thing. Well, I'm making it a thing. Today is officially International Spark Plug Day. Cool. Uh, what Go hug your spark plug and thank you. Thank them for all they do. Today. Of course, today not being the day that people are listening to this. Right. Uh, well, in an hour and a half, it's going to be Veterans Day. Oh, shit. That's right. Veterans Day is so the that's thing. Like, that's an actual real one. But Matt. But Preston. I know what holiday we're talking about. Oh, I just I want to I want to get a few of the big ones Easter. out there. Right. It's Easter. It is. It is Easter. Well, that about wraps it up, everyone. Yay! Thanks for nah. <laughs> so there's uh, there's some holidays out oh, there, right? Halloween. Halloween. That's a that's a big one. That's, that's a real a big one. one. Christmas. Christmas. That's uh, that's probably the big one. Oh, Valentine's Day, my guy. Valentine's Day is a good one. Oh yeah. man, get some Fourth of July, chocolates. maybe. Fourth of July, kind of. Yeah, I mean, if you're in America, it's a holiday. Uh, Thanksgiving. Hey, there's one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's interesting. All right, so. I mean, I guess that's kind of like five holidays, two of which are really America specific. Um, Fourth of July and Thanksgiving. Oh, (laughs) okay. I have done research on this and I never remember what the conclusion is. I think Thanksgiving came from a harvest festival from Europe, not from it had nothing to do with the pilgrims thing. It just they attached that afterwards. Well, I mean, yeah, like harvest festivals have always been a thing. Yeah. Just like Christmas is kind of an amalgamation of all of the different like like it's, Saturnalia's yeah, exactly, and yeah. Yule festivals and yeah. just solstice whatnots. Yep. <laughs> solstice whatnots. <laughs> God, there's got to be an adjectival form of solstice. Solstice. Solstial. Um. Uh, um. Um. So. Uh. I'm not looking that one up. I know vernal is <laughs> or uh, oh yeah that's uh that's one no that's the vernal equinox equi equid equinox yeah but the the 
equinox equinoxes that's the there's a verbal form that i've heard equinox that's that's ever pertaining to horses <laughs> <laughs> whatever this is a weird tangent it is yeah so okay which of the the major holidays have um at least a reasonable subgenre of movies die hard christmas movie iron man 3 doesn't exist home alone christmas movie national lampoon's holiday vacation pretty sure it's christmas vacation oh christmas vacation halloween oh really yeah <laughs> uh i mean all of the romance movies yeah there's i mean <laughs> you, you can set rom-coms anywhere in the the calendar year but there's a there's a solid subset a day, of, yeah. of valentine's day ones solid subset of christmas rom-coms oh. honestly luck of the irish fourth of july yeah yeah nailed it what was your question which which of these major holidays have a subgenre or have subgenres of movies associated with them? Halloween, Halloween, Christmas, Christmas, Valentine's Day up to a point. There are I mean even Halloween like there's a lot of horror movies that are not set Groundhog around Halloween. Day. Groundhog Day. It's like Revelation. It's not an S. Groundhog Day. Okay. There is a single groundhog. It's true. It's <laughs> Johnny Phil. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a single movie. I have corrected. No, there's like five movies after Groundhog Day. It's not like they're not called Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. There's Memorial Day, which is or no Labor Day, which is a Disney or Nickelodeon movie. That's the plot of like it's a kid on the last day of summer oh. um, reliving it until he can. I probably get the girl or something there's obviously the edge of tomorrow oh yeah okay you're just talking about like the day yeah. resets and repeats death, uh, yeah uh, russian day. russian doll happy death day yeah. palm springs yep there's a new one coming out isn't there uh i think you're thinking of the freaky friday reboot no there's a new like they wake up uh palm springs came out a few months ago hulu original with That's andy samberg and krista christina Milotti. That might be it. Um, supposed to be really good, apparently. I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I probably should before our year in review. Mm-hmm. That's kind of coming up. Oh, yeah. oh, our super tired year in review. Yeah. Guess who's we're, looking forward to that? Well, we're going to be super tired and talk about 2020. Yeah. That's going to be a... That's going to be a spiral into some alcohol, huh? Oh, yeah. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... They're... We've been beating around this bush for a long time. Let's All get right. to the content. So Christmas movies is basically a whole subgenre unto itself. Yep. Um, Halloween movies. Not all horror movies are Halloween movies, but there are Halloween movies within the horror subgenre. Yes. Um, or the horror genre, I guess would be the, the phrase. Mm-hmm. Not all rom-coms are Valentine's Day movies, but there are Valentine's Day movies within the subgenre of rom-coms. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just set aside 4th of July because it is antithetical to my point. And what about Thanksgiving? You got any Thanksgiving movies? Aside from the the Peanuts one, because oh yeah, it's a great no. That's Halloween. That's Halloween. Uh, what's the Peanuts one? I know there is one. I just yeah, I'm drawing like on the name. Just I don't know. Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. <laughs> Probably <laughs> give some thanks, Charlie Brown. <laughs> you blockhead. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's none. There are. Sort of. There's none. Don't. No. I, I'll get back to it. Um, 
a, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Mm. That's the official title, which is pretty great. Um, so I did a little digging. I proposed this episode topic a month or two ago, and it's like, I don't know any Thanksgiving movies. So I Googled it, and I found some lists about some Thanksgiving movies, and I watched the uh, the six I listed. Um, so I'm going to go through those again. Pieces of April, Cretia, The Ice Storm, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Free Birds, and Hannah and Her Sisters. And of those... Only one of them I would really call a Thanksgiving movie in the sense that, like, a Christmas movie is a Christmas movie. Hmm. Um, that'd be Free Birds. You heard of that one? Familiar? It's uh, from 2013. It's animated. Um, it's got Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson. As... The glass of bur- uh, brandy in Preston really wanted to sing Leonard Skinner, but knew that it was probably not the, <laughs> not the time to do that. <laughs> I'm not familiar. What? I don't know songs. Freebird? I don't know songs. By Leonard Skinner. I don't know songs. Are they the guys with the Y's in their name? Yeah. Okay. I know the name. There's, you don't, you don't even know about, like, you don't have to know the song well, but you don't even know. The, I legitimately don't know that of its existence. Freebird is a nine minute song where the last five minutes is just one long guitar solo. And it's the song that everyone, it's the, the joke is at a concert for someone to yell, play Freebird. Like, it's just because it's, like, notorious, because people think that it's one guy playing, and it oh. sounds impossible, but it's three guys playing. <laughs> oh. So, it, it it's, if you listen to one guitar track, it's actually not particularly hard. Mm-hmm. I can play it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway. Anyway, Freebirds animated movie 2013, Woody Harrelson, Owen Wilson, star as, I'm going to just read. Wait, I do know that movie. Oh, I didn't know it was animated. I was thinking something else. I, didn't, I haven't seen it and I don't okay. know much about it, but I remember trailers for it. I'm just going to read the IMDb description. Oh, two turkeys from opposite sides of the tracks must put aside their differences and team up to travel back in time to change the course of history and get turkeys off the Thanksgiving menu for good. Yep, that came out a little bit of, like pretty recently. I've said it twice now. 2013. This is the third time. I don't listen to Matt. This is well established. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember back when I was editing episodes, I would like be listening. He's like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know he said that. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. It's not awful. Um, If you're willing to blind yourself to the fact that it's like the turkeys kind of all wear like Indian face paint and stuff. And you're oh. like... Okay, so... Oh, no. I don't know if it's trying to make a commentary on the fact that the settlers are trying to wipe out the, the Native Americans, or if it's just, like, playing that for, like, some just associations with the holiday. I, I don't know. I'm going to assume it was well-intentioned and leave it at that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, a couple of time-traveling turkeys. Um and it's it's so it's set around the first Thanksgiving and them trying to save it and eventually they time travel back a pizza and that saves the day. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's pretty bad. Um but that's the only one on that list that I would truly consider like a Thanksgiving movie uh-huh. where it is about Thanksgiving and it the, just the everything revolves around Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I think I well maybe pieces of April is kind of that but um I would argue, I think my kind of core thesis today, well, I should ask you, 
I should put you on the spot. I should spark some discussion here. Oh, shit. Make you look dumb and then kind of see if I can build you up to my own point. That sounds totally on board with what we usually do. Yeah, exactly. All right, so why not? Why no Thanksgiving movies? Um, well, my first I my first thought is that it is a very American one. So you it's true. don't have a broader audience outside of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I think Hollywood is a little scared of touching on the topic of true Thanksgiving because mm-hmm. it is pretty, <laughs> the implications ignore some pretty gnarly shit. Okay. Um, all right. Even just modernize it then. Why don't we have any modern movies, Thanksgiving movies in the same sense that we have Christmas it's movies too close to Christmas. Huh? Okay. I think if you're going to like, if a movie is going to spend it, if the studio is going to spend its time trying to make a movie that's going to come around, around, come out around this time, Mm -hmm. Christmas is already commercialized. It's true. Jump on the bandwagon. Okay. Um, and I think Christmas is a more pretty unified idea of what happens around Christmas. There's more of a, a Christmas tree. Yeah. Is like in every house. Mm-hmm. But like Thanksgiving varies from family to family. You've got your you got your typical your turkeys, your pumpkin yeah. pies, but like things can vary. Um yeah. and maybe Thanksgiving is also terrifying for a lot of families because it's when you get a lot of family together and you're forced to sit around a table and deal with the people that are the opposite party political party of yours <laughs> there's a reason that you you see the all the all the liberal news outlets first week in november put out a how to deal with your conservative uncle at the at the thanksgiving uh at the thanksgiving dinner and then all the conservative news outlets put out how to the, deal with your, how to deal with your liberal nephews at the, <laughs> at the thanksgiving table <laughs> yeah uh um no you're you're definitely on to something there i think i think in a couple different directions yeah it, it's also People don't travel for Thanksgiving. Not, I think not as much. Not as much. Yeah. Um I think there's I mean I'm thinking of like Home Alone mm-hmm. where um Oh, I just thought of another point that I'm gonna get to in a second. Okay. Like Home Alone is built around traveling. Yeah. Like this I mean, family travels. So is planes, trains, and automobiles, but that's, oh, that's traveling for Thanksgiving. All right. I'm gonna ignore that point because I thought of a better point. Ha. Christmas is the time for just happiness and joy and like joy is everywhere mm-hmm. on Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's in 13 of the 15 songs. Yeah. Um, it's about it, Thanksgiving is about being around your family. Christmas is about being with your family. Okay. Um, and I think it's easier to play with being with your family like, because all these movies, all the Christmas movies mm-hmm. have something to do with being away from your family or like being isolated in some way. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so it, it putting it in a Christmas setting makes it a little bit more somber. Right. It's the, the contrast between the, the joy and, and isolation. Isolation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I hadn't thought of that point, but I really like it. Like Christmas, you can boil down to one singular very base level visceral emotion joy yeah halloween you can boil down Boy, to one since we started like since 150 we've used the word visceral vi- vi- visceral like a million times oh i use it like once a day it's a it's <laughs> yeah. a great word it's a good word uh halloween you can boil down into one singular basic visceral emotion fear yeah valentine's day you can boil down into one simple basic visceral emotion lust <laughs> 
<laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Thanksgiving, you can boil Gluttony. it down into gratitude. Mm. Gluttony. Uh, not as not as visceral, visceral emotions. No, you can you can like you can condense it into one singular idea, but it's not something that like reaches out and grabs you on right. a very core level. Something that you can explain to a five year old with yeah. a poster. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The little emotion posters that they have for like in kids' classrooms, you never see gratitude. You never see grateful on that. Well, there's gratitude is sometimes up there, like because they want kids to be Uh, yeah grateful. But I get you. I I see you. I know you. It's yeah. Um. So yeah, I I thought that was an interesting point. Like Thanksgiving is one where you can't tie it into a singular emotion, and so you can't have that emotional landscape to play in to yeah. draw contrasts with and create tension from mm-hmm. cool yeah good okay uh you had another point you were building up to there oh that was it the okay. the, the joy thing that's like that was kind of the, the one okay. that i thought of at the beginning of my penultimate shitty thought <laughs> i was like i must get back i'm gonna go to a good one yeah yeah, yeah. um and i think you were you're definitely on the right track uh, on one of your earlier points um is it you that i always argue with about when it's acceptable to start playing christmas music Yes, probably. Yeah. I, I argue with everybody about that. Yeah, because you insist not till after Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Yeah, which makes sense, <laughs> and I see the rationale and I accept it. Because, because I love Thanksgiving so much. Thanksgiving's a really great holiday, and I, I like Thanksgiving as much as the next guy, probably more than the next guy. So, uh, branching from the topic for a second, I just want to explain why I love Thanksgiving so much. Do it. It's relevant. I love cooking. Like, mm-hmm. I... It, my friends, you guys have always been able to tell when I'm done with a stressful thing because I cook. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that, like, I'm like, oh, cool, I'm done. I'm going to, like, I get home and I immediately kick off my shoes, take off my sweater, roll up my sleeves, and I start cooking something. Mm-hmm. Um, It's just, it relaxes me. And also, all of my friends know this, I am the host. Yeah. My my brain screams host all the time. So cooking and host is like Thanksgiving is my shit. And you like football. You are Thanksgiving <laughs> manifest. <laughs> I don't like pro football though as much. So there's college football on Thanksgiving often. Is there? Yeah. I still vividly remember like three years Cowboys ago. And... Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving and the Lions always play on Thanksgiving, but they never play each other. <laughs> there's Cause... often these these times there's a, a third game, which mm. Raven Steelers this year go Ravens. But anyway, yeah, so anyway. That, that's why I love Thanksgiving. I think it's like I care so much about it. I hate November 1st when I start seeing Christmas ads. And I'm oh, like, it took till November 1st? For like the YouTube stuff. Okay. Like fair. the YouTube ads to come in. Yeah. I don't watch TV. Yeah. Uh, but Walmart it, had Christmas stuff in September this it year. Stomps on my favorite, one of my. It's my favorite holiday. Okay. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Yeah. And it just stomps on it. And I feel like people don't. I mean, it, to bring it back into the into the in the topic, I think it's just an underappreciated holiday for the essence of what it, it's it should be. Yeah, people see it as a, a lesser Christmas, and they're just like, "Oh, we'll have a nice dinner," and then Christmas is the real deal in a exactly, month. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> every okay. Eighty percent of families, like married couples, have the conversation. It's like, all right. It's my family for Christmas this year, yep. which means Thanksgiving with your family. Like you, right. you, you, the secondary family yeah. is the one you go to Thanksgiving for. <laughs> the the, the compet- competitor's trophy. Yeah. yeah. Participation, yeah, participation trophy. trophy yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, there's so much more that could be done with Thanksgiving if it wasn't just 
less than 30 days after before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like it just gets blown out of the water. And I think that plays into the why there's no Thanksgiving movies because like, mm-hmm. ah, there's just an easier one 27 days later. Yeah, no, that's a 28 days later. <laughs> kind of disappointed I didn't hit that one the first time, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gage can edit it together somehow. Thanks, Gage, for making me look funnier than I am. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a very solid practical rationale. Um, I was going to point out that, so we always have this debate, when can you start playing Christmas music? Yep. And I, I saw it on the fact that it's okay if you start playing November 1st. I like to wait till after Thanksgiving just to, you know, get a like my little dose of Christmas music and it's good, mm-hmm. but then it's over and done with. But I think it's okay because Thanksgiving doesn't have an associated subculture that you're actually competing with. I had a completely different thought train, but yes, my thing for a second was like music, mm-hmm. like in every Christmas mu- music, there's the, the bells, like yeah. the sound of Christmas music, yeah. but there's not that for Thanksgiving. There aren't even like Thanksgiving songs. No, not really. Not. I mean, maybe you find a couple if you look hard enough. But someone tell us a Thanksgiving song. Someone send us a video of you singing a Thanksgiving song. Yeah. In a Santa hat. Just for the cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Um, and wearing Cupid's diaper. <laughs> I okay. want to see it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to see yes. it, Gage. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Moving past that. Yeah. No, with Chris- Christmas, you've got Christmas music, both secular and religious. You've got Christmas trees. You've got presents. You've got uh, snow and all of the associated sort of pagan Red and stuff. green. Red and green. Thanksgiving, you've got cornucopia? <laughs> yeah turkey you got warm colors yeah but it's much less focused you don't have music you don't have right. the whole well it also blends too much like thanksgiving and halloween kind of just get like blurred into the fall aesthetic the fall days the fall I love it. I like it way more than I should. The holidays. Because Christmas is... Christmas can be distinguished from winter. There is a winter aesthetic. Yeah. And there's a Christmas aesthetic. But the two often get glommed together. They often get glommed together. But like, but there's still... the You can identify a Christmas aesthetic. Mm-hmm. We have a cornucopia. Yep. That is the just the fall aesthetic. But it... You, it kind of works for Thanksgiving. Yeah. A pumpkin is kind of fall. Like it's the fall drink mm-hmm. and fall flavor, yep. but a pumpkin jack-o'-lantern is Thanksgiving or it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's all just kind of this muddy combination of the same colors and, yeah. and vibe. But there's winter, which is like the, the cold and cocoa and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like there's that kind of winter aesthetic, but then Christmas is like you mentioned, it's the, the Christmas presents, the red and green. Yeah. That is different from hall from winter right winter has nothing to do with red and green okay yeah, I see uh, going and christmas cool. trees are exclusively for christmas winter continues another two months after christmas mm-hmm. but christmas trees aren't still up well i mean three months most families still have christmas trees up because people are lazy yeah <laughs> but and christmas trees are nice and shiny yeah and, and but christmas is its very own distinguished aesthetic outside of the season it's in absolutely and i think it kind of and uh fourth of july is kind of the same thing too mm-hmm. you get you get the summer vibe of the sure the hot dogs hot, and, the pools exactly, and yeah. the, all that but american flags red white and blue and fireworks for the day yeah 
and then it's back to summer barbecue and stuff right. like that. Um, it's just, it distinguishes itself in its own aesthetic, a holiday aesthetic. Yeah. Okay. And I think that that helps play into a movie. It's harder to capitalize or harder to capture a Thanksgiving aesthetic without just going fall aesthetic Mm -hmm. than it is to capture a Christmas aesthetic without going winter aesthetic. All right. Let me tie that back into my big thesis that I was kind of building up to. Yay! I did it! In movies, Christmas is a setting. Thanksgiving is a plot device. Perfect. Yeah. Get me talking long enough, I'll get anywhere you want me to go. <laughs> I'll get there See, eventually. This is why I like being in the hot seat. I can kind of just like throw something at you and watch you go. Yeah. And eventually you get where I was going anyway, but you've already fleshed out everything. I don't have to do any work. <laughs> I love it. You then when all... you're in the hot seat, you actually do the research. So I could just kind of sit there and like do so the starky inserts. So I love it. We've established that I do all the work on the podcast. <laughs> No, that's not true. Yeah. No, I think you, yeah, no, like you, you do all the research to where you've got your, uh, you got your, mm-hmm. your thesis to get me to, and I can get there. Yeah. I need to do a better job doing that with you than me just monologuing. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so in Christmas movies, I really liked what you were saying about this idea of joy. And so a lot of sort of the, I guess, uh, like real world type holiday movies, um, Home Alone, Christmas with the Cranks. Why can't I think of any others off the top of my head? I should have had a list. That's a real. (laughs) Well, I mean, it does. It plays into the right emotional contours. The idea of uh, isolation versus family, family and joy, family being with family and being joyful with your family and celebrating with your family. Yeah. Um, And Christmas is the emotional setting for that. Christmas can also be the literal setting for magical shenanigans. Yeah. See Miracle on 34th Street or Elf or like Santa Claus, the Santa Claus, literally any movie with Santa in yeah. it, basically. Um, And so you can uh, you can because Santa Claus is real and magical kids. Also, kids, if you're listening to this, your parents are bad and have done a wrong yeah, thing. Really, though, like they've. They they sought out a niche podcast and they said, <laughs> here, little Timmy, this will put you to sleep. <laughs> and they just get this dumbass screaming the F-bomb every 45 seconds. Although I'm actually not that bad anymore. You've, you've been doing really well. Yeah, I think I dropped it maybe three or four times. I'm not sure. I, Gage pointed out uh, in our uh, Justice Losers meeting that it's getting more and more every time. Yeah, I imagine there were a few when I dropped the Martian Manhunter reveal on you. Oh, yeah, there definitely were. Yeah. Um... Where was I going? Oh, uh, Christmas, because it has the subculture and because it has really, I mean, it's like own internal established mythology. It can be a setting where you say, okay, it's set around Christmas and you can set up these certain rules. Yeah, it really, we didn't even talk about the Santa element of it. There's, there's Christmas also comes with a religious and secular side of it. That's, I think that's probably because it has a long history as a yeah. holiday. And it's, it, I mean, it is all these just like winter festivals rolled into a Christian celebration with just so many different little bits and pieces, but it's been built over like thousands of years. Yeah. It's, Thanksgiving it's ingrained is, in our society. Yeah, Thanksgiving is more artificial. It's more, I mean, it, it does approximate, I guess, like these harvest ceremonies, but the hey idea man, it's of, artificial, but it gives me two days off work and that I'm good with. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's uh, Thanksgiving is much more like, hey, let's have a holiday to celebrate gratitude and it'll be on a Thursday so we can get a long weekend. We'll <laughs> eat some food. It'll be good. Yeah. And it's it's much more it it is artificial. It doesn't have that established history. It yeah. doesn't have that backstory. I think 
I think the overall and cynical view or kind of thing between Christmas and I guess really the question for this episode is why is there Christmas movies and not, not yeah. movies is Christmas is easier to capitalize because of all these reasons. Mm-hmm. It's like, we could talk about how it's easier to make a movie about it, but it's, it's more about how much money can we make from it? How much, what can, like, yeah, if you want to be full cynical, we can, we can capitalize on the fact that people like Santa yeah you got a movie called santa claus people are gonna see it because people know santa yeah that'll you be can... one of the two movies they go see every year right It'll be when all their relatives are in town and they need something to do they yeah. go to the movie theater and it's they see a bland christmas movie <laughs> look santa claus three jack is it just jack it's, the, it's uh what's it called time runs out uh no that's no tenet um <laughs> <laughs> uh santa claus oh is it the escape clause no, that's two. No, that's three. That's three? The Santa Claus 2 is just the Santa Claus 2. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the Santa Claus 3 colon the escape clause. Okay. Oh, because that's Jack Frost tricking him into saying the thing that he needs to say to not be Santa. And then, right. Yeah. I've always hated the movies that get someone to trick someone else into saying something. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. What have I done? Jesus! <laughs> uh... <laughs> Okay. Michael Keaton. So glad of you to drop in. He was Beetlejuice, wasn't he? Yeah. Glad of you to drop in. That's not how that goes. Glad of you. <laughs> um... it is now. So I want to talk about these movies just a little bit. Okay. Let's get them in. I talked about Free Birds, um, and that one tries to take Thanksgiving as a setting, um, but there's so little there that they had to make it a movie about time traveling turkeys. <laughs> you can't just like, yeah. <laughs> nope. Not happening. Nah. Really, really didn't work. <laughs> um. Also, I think that the guy in, um, I, ha- I haven't confirmed this. I really meant to. I think that, so you know the the famous line from Chicken Run where the guy says, those chickens are up to something. It's like the only clip I've seen from that movie. I haven't seen Chicken Run. Neither have I. Since it came out. I've I haven't seen, seen it. it. It was so long ago and I'm pretty sure it scarred me. <laughs> I have not seen it because it is a terrifying looking movie when you're like three. Uh, no, so it's not the same guy from Chicken Run, but he does like the exact same voice, and he says, "Those turkeys are up to something." Nice. I don't know. There's not much to it. Um, let's see. So these other ones, Thanksgiving is really a plot device. It's a it's an element to get characters together to introduce some other level of dramatic tension. Um. Pieces of April and Cretia, I think, are the two that are kind of the closest where it is set around Thanksgiving. It's all the entire movie is set on Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so Pieces of April, which I actually quite enjoyed. Um, it's a 2003 movie with uh, Katie Holmes as the titular April mm-hmm. in November. Um, what, they didn't get Aubrey Plaza to play her? Because April. It came out in 2003. She was probably like eight. <laughs> yeah she was like our age yeah uh yeah so uh pieces of april um katie holmes has gone off to live in the big city on her own um she's kind of the wayward black sheep of the family um but she her mom is dying of cancer and so she invites her family to come down to have thanksgiving with her in her rundown little apartment um but they spend the entire car ride down basically telling each other how much of a screw up she is and how much of a disaster it is. And in the meantime, she's working really hard and trying to get help from her neighbors to make Thanksgiving come together. 
and I won't tell you how it ends. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's got Allison Pill in it being an absolute pill. Um, it's got Oliver Platt being an absolute platypus. If I'd prepared better for this, I would have had a good follow-up on that joke. Um, I hope Gage just zooms in on my face during that entire bit. Because, boy, <laughs> did I hit, like, every every emotion during that bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. It um, Thanksgiving is very much the plot device to be like, okay, how can we get this tension from estranged daughter and family that doesn't like her very much, but some of them still have faith in her. How can we bring those together, make those worlds collide, get those emotional arcs going? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's convenient. It's there. Yeah. It could have been Easter. It could have been, um, it's like me talking about the green arrow volumes. Yeah. Seven and eight, where exactly. it doesn't matter what character, it doesn't matter what holiday it is. It's just, yeah, it, it's more powerful to have some element some like external element there to draw them together instead of just like, Hey, I'm going to host you for a nice dinner. But the fact that it's Thanksgiving doesn't really mean yeah. anything. Um, Grisha established. Well, I guess even if you established early on that Thanksgiving means a lot, my Georgian came out for a second there, right? Means a lot, uh, means a lot to the family still could change holiday. Yeah. It could be, Oh, Hey, Memorial day is our holiday. Let's get together and have a feast. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I like that one. Uh, Kresha, I also really liked. It's um, uh, so Kresha is basically the the wayward aunt of the family, but she's invited to the the big family home mm-hmm. um, after basically abandoning the family a decade prior. Prior, um, and it starts with her getting there Thanksgiving morning, and things kind of spiral out of control. Um, it's very like realistically done. Just the the dialogue is delightfully realistic it sounds like real people trying to catch up was it written by noah bombard no oh. um it was done by a guy it, you know it was low budget when the character names are the cast members names <laughs> <laughs> um so it was directed by a guy named trey edward schultz who um has actually done some stuff then and has is putting together a pretty solid indie career um it comes as it comes at night and waves um, he plays Trey. Um, there's some revelations about his uh, backstory and his uh, the nature of his relationship with Kresha and why there are certain tensions there. Um, mm-hmm. It'll kind of come out. Um, but it's basically, it just comes in and like, oh, everyone's happy to see her. And then you kind of, throughout the course of the day, you see these tensions kind of come out through her interactions. Mm-hmm. And it just gets increasingly uncomfortable and the pressure's ratcheted up and it... Um, explodes out in the finale it's it's really well done but it's a grim watch i'll say cool good love it but again thanksgiving is a plot device it's just a means to tie a big group of family together it has nothing to do with the setting um although they're the turkey is a focal point at some moments the boys watch football that's about it good yeah (laughs) um let's see uh, the ice storm and Hannah and her sisters Thanksgiving is in them. I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> they're both pretty solid movies. I probably enjoyed Hannah and her sisters more, which I was a little surprised by. Um, cause I've, so that's Woody Allen. He directed it and he's in it. Um, I think you would probably really like his stuff just from what I know about him. Um, he's got kind of that. He feels like a, didn't he get me too'd? Oh, yeah, no, he's a terrible dude. Oh, meh. 
Well, we should have a, an episode about can you separate the art from the artist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good, nice little philosophical one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, he's a terrible dude, but he's kind of proto Bombach in his sensibilities. I okay. guess. Um. Just very. Where it's like natural. Very naturalistic, yeah. ground to earth, down to earth. Um. There's some. There's a few just little gems of dialogue in this movie. I want to. Noah Baumbach is one of the few directors that I would genuinely want people to watch more of his stuff. Mm-hmm. We talk about him all the time. If you're curious about what he's done, watch Marriage Story. Does an it's on Netflix. It does an amazing job of just the the dialogue. The way he describes it is that two people can be having a conversation, but they have different agendas, mm-hmm. and they're and that comes out. Right. Where it's not really a person responding to the other person per se. Mm-hmm. It's responding to what they want the other person to have been saying at that moment. Right. Kind of in a way. Um, and it's, it just, it feels natural. And he writes it in such a way that it like you feel the, the tension and the drama naturally it's two individual people having a conversation instead of two elements of a singular plot driving that plot towards right the point yeah of yeah, the yeah exactly yeah and it's i worship his writing style mm-hmm. um he's he's good and woody allen does feel like he's kind of that i, I imagine that bombach took a lot of inspiration from okay him. um one line that i just have to mention is uh at one point a character says He's just a haircut in an empty space where a man should be or something like that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Incredibly cutting insult, but so specific. And yeah. so just like some Ooh. actual person thought about that and yeah. sat on that one for a while and was waiting for the moment to bust that out yeah. of real life. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, I didn't love it. There's some hit or miss stuff. It's got uh, Michael Caine um, oh. and Max von Sydow. Um, he was the old guy that died in the first five minutes of The Force Awakens. Oh, I know him. Yeah. Yeah. Also the three-eyed raven in season yeah, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other person. I, was, that's, I never actually connected the two of them together, but like, I was like, I know his face. Mm-hmm. And then you said that. I was like, yeah. And then I was like, I know his face from something else. And that's, that's what it was. Yep. Three-eyed raven. Yep. Well, for a season. Yeah. Spoilers. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So both of those ones, like Thanksgiving is in them. Technically it doesn't have much to do with the plot. Oh, I didn't talk about ice storm very much. Um, I want to ask you this. Okay. Cause I think we're, we're at an hour and a half. All right. I'm getting sleepy. I'm getting towards the end of this. Do you have anything else you want to say before I ask you this final question? No, go ahead. Ask me this question. What? would you need to do have you have you thought about what you would need to do to make a thanksgiving movie well because you talked free birds is a thanksgiving movie (laughs) oh god you dwelled a lot on the fact that it's it's the setting but not the plot device and that's the thing you talked they talked about the christmas thing yeah how can you make thanksgiving a plot device it is the plot device I, like how do i make it a setting oh yeah well you, you flipped my point oh sorry yes how do you make it a setting <laughs> um i think you have to make it thematically tied to the movie in, in christmas if you can do that joy isolation dichotomy um you have to do something i think with 
gratitude and again sort of the communitarian yeah. familial celebrations um the problem is it's harder to pinpoint into a specific thing so i think yeah. you, i think you have to very deliberately set out to say okay these are kind of thematic threads associated with the idea of thanksgiving these are the thematic threads that are going to be woven through my movie and then you set it at thanksgiving and you um use thanksgiving points as plot elements there's turkey and there's football and there's mashed potatoes and mm-hmm. um i mean that, that that's okay. it that's thanksgiving it's it would be really hard to do and like you could make one of them and then anyone else that tried to is just going to do it is going to be a carbon copy yeah um just because there's there's less work to play with it's a less fleshed out holiday yeah. yeah all right i like the points we made don't remember them verbatim to regurgitate as a thesis mm-hmm. yeah um but i think i i really like my christmas as a setting yeah. Thanksgiving as a plot device yeah that was i want to i want to tack in the um we had a couple more points that aren't really encapsulated by that no yeah but um christmas is a singular visceral emotion (laughs) thanksgiving is not (laughs) i don't know uh okay yeah well uh ice storm's okay it's got like it's directed by ang lee and it's got everyone in it christina ricci elijah wood toby mcguire sigourney weaver um other people are recognized but didn't know the names off the top of my head uh oh katie holmes also apparently she's just in thanksgiving movies <laughs> she's like look man i really love thanksgiving and i just want to be in a thanksgiving movie yeah if i write a thanksgiving movie i'm gonna i'm gonna get her mm-hmm. uh joan allen who was uh the um treadstone boss lady in the born movies oh yep uh planes trains and automobiles is pretty great it's uh, uh, Steve Martin and John Candy, and they're trying to get home for Thanksgiving, and they take planes and trains and automobiles in that order, actually, trying to get home. Shenanigans ensue. Yeah, I'm sure it's Steve Martin. <laughs> Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma. Have you seen the movie? No. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? No. Oh, dude, it's a great movie. I I think maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I watched it when I was a kid. I really enjoyed this one. It's funny and it's got a lot of heart and it's got some real themes and like they've actually got character arcs, which mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting. But... Steve Martin's a good guy. Yeah. Good character. A good actor. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening to this. Uh, sorry that we had to do it this late on a Tuesday night, but that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yep. So gives Gage a lot of time to edit. That's true, which is good because there were a lot of, a lot of t- editable moments. <laughs> yes. Edible moments. Edible. Yep. Uh, yeah, so um, if you've got Thanksgiving movies that we didn't talk about that you think fit the formula um, that I just didn't even mention, let me know. Uh, you can find our places to tell us about that on Facebook. I'm doing it kind of out of order, and it's in my own head. Uh, we're on Facebook. You can um, tell us about Thanksgiving movies there. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod, where did we ever get you a social media team-approved rant started on Twitter? Nope. We need to get you something to rant. We got something for you to rant about. Martian Manhunter and Justice League. Oh, shit. Yes. I to think about that. <laughs> so, yeah, pay attention. At Just Us Losers Pod on Twitter, where Preston might be able to go on a Martian Manhunter-themed rant. 
Uh, we're on Instagram, that same handle, at Just Us Losers Pod. That's where a lot of the interesting stuff happens because our social media team apparently likes Instagram the best. Um, we have a Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com, where you can send us a list of all of your favorite Thanksgiving movies and a five-paragraph essay outlining why my thesis is wrong and why Thanksgiving movies are a real thing and why Thanksgiving is much more than just a plot device. I'd love to hear it. That would be genuinely fascinating. Maybe we'll do a sequel next year. Um, so yeah, uh, those are, those are places you can reach us. We're on Patreon. (laughs) You can give us money. Um, you can find this SoundCloud on. (laughs) Boy, it is time for us to check the fuck out, isn't it? You can find this SoundCloud on podcast iTunes. No, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can find condensed video versions on YouTube. That might, in fact, be what you're watching. No, it's not what you're watching right now. We cut this bit out for the video version. Uh, if you have some friends who are maybe looking for something, send them the YouTube videos. It's a, like a little condensed version of the discussion. See if we're interesting to them. Um, pass that along. Uh, if you're on YouTube, glad you're here. Check out the real podcast, the whole shebang, where we talk about the news of the week and we talk about our what you've been up to. This isn't on YouTube. Why am I doing this? Um, don't watch Booze and Booze. It's on YouTube, but don't watch it. Don't do it. Don't. Don't do it. Don't. Uh, that's uh. Are we under still under the Justice Losers on on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. Justice Losers at YouTube.com. Yep. Uh, next week. Next week, Avatar. Avatar. Yes, I can finally finish watching it. Maybe. Am I just going to come in not having seen the ending? Yes. Okay. And I have to piece together what happens. Yes. No, I hate it. I like the show too much. I want to finish it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> All right. Answer. Uh, next week, we we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, not the movie, the show. The show, not the movie. Um, and we're excited about it. We're, we all enjoy the show very much. Um, if you have thoughts about it, you have some big grand points you want to make about it, or just some little things you like about the show, or some things you don't like that you want to stir some controversy with. Out. No, send them to us. Start a fight in our email. JusticeLosersPod at gmail.com or the other places I listed if you wanted to be a little more public. Or you could slide into our DMs. Is this that is still a, a thing? With the, is that still a thing the kids do these days? I don't know. DM slidage. <laughs> I better wrap this up. <laughs> Just please. Uh, yeah. So that that'll kick off like our three part sort of anime, anime. type. Yeah. Sort of. Not. Don't get excited. We're not really. Uh, that's probably everything. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.